the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So we are awaiting the report from the Supreme Court, the reported ruling from the Supreme Court on the Dobbs versus Mississippi case. Thought it might come down today, but they now say there will be rulings released tomorrow. We've won two today. We being the conservatives, the constitutional conservatives. Uh, Those of us who think the Constitution was divinely inspired and brilliantly crafted by our founders, we'd like to keep it around. There are those Supreme Court justices even, and many Democrats, who would like to get rid of it. They've complained about it for years. FDR wanted to get rid of it, wanted to pack the court. Joe Biden would like to pack the court. But right now the court has nine members, and it appears that those members are prepared to overthrow Roe versus Wade. Pray for the safety of our Supreme Court justices. They will assuredly not be at home when this ruling is released. And it has to be released soon because typically the court releases all of its rulings by June 30th. They sometimes go past that date. I am sure that the justices will all be sequestered somewhere safely, particularly the five conservatives and John Roberts, the chief justice. Nobody's going to go after Kagan, Sotomayor, or Breyer. But it's uh, yet to come down. The ruling, that is. We know the leaked ruling that said that abortion would be overthrown, and that, of course, is why we've had protests at justices' homes, which is against federal law, by the way. And we have had a man fly from California to, by his own admission, plan to kidnap and kill Brett Kavanaugh, which does not appear to move any of our Democratic politicians at all. Regarding abortion, what will happen in the state of Ohio? What will happen to abortion if Roe versus Wade is overthrown? Abortion will not go away, unfortunately. But it might go away some places, and Ohio is one of those places. We have not passed in the Ohio General Assembly yet what is called a trigger law, which means that if Roe versus Wade is overturned, then it triggers this law, signed by the General Assembly and Governor DeWine, to go into effect. But the trigger law is one that DeWine says he would support, which would severely restrict abortion in the state of Ohio. It's impossible to say what it will do, but there have been efforts in the past to establish a heartbeat bill, no abortions. Once a heartbeat is detected, a heartbeat can be detected sometimes as early as six weeks before women even know they're pregnant. So it would effectively, maybe not end, but certainly dramatically restrict abortion in the state of Ohio, which is wonderful. If you doubt that Ohio will follow through on that, I think you can take some encouragement from what happened to two Ohio Department of Health employees recently. 
They lost their jobs because they went outside of what apparently is the official position of the state of Ohio, even though the people who run the state of Ohio are loath to stand up and stand behind it and boldly state that abortion has no place within the boundaries of our state's borders. What happened? A woman named Jessica Warner, who worked in the Sexually Transmitted Infections Unit of the Bureau of Infectious Diseases. Remember, the longer the title, the chances are the more unnecessary you are. Uh, She authored all of the Department of Health's sexually transmitted diseases information on their newsletter that came out each month. So in the May edition of the newsletter, Jessica drops in to the newsletter an item about deadlines for a program through the University of Chicago that trains clinics on providing a drug called Mifepristone. Mifepristone. You may never have heard of it, but Mifepristone is a drug that is prescribed to women who experience a miscarriage or who want to induce an abortion within 10 weeks of gestation. So you got the picture? Ohio Department of Health, woman's got an official position, it's in infectious diseases, sexually transmitted diseases. She goes rogue and says, hey, there's a program, and if you want to get this drug, you better watch it because they're going to start outlawing it. And she effectively ended her employment with that 20-word rogue advisory. Human Resources report on her little exercise in wokeism said the Mifepristone item in the newsletter is in direct conflict with the agency's mission and is an embarrassment to the Ohio Department of Health. Now, I'm with you. You're thinking, the Ohio Department of Health, aren't they, like, super progressive? Weren't they the ones... With Amy Acton and Governor DeWine, who made us wear masks and who closed down the bars at 10 o'clock and told us that COVID was an existential threat and all this stuff. Yeah, pretty much same people. But I guess killing babies is a bridge too far for them. Thank goodness. Jessica Warner was fired Friday. Her supervisor got a five-day suspension. And her supervisor's supervisor was so cheesed off by this that she resigned. Hmm. Want to make an omelet? Got to break some eggs. HR investigators asked Jessica Warner if she knew that her advocacy on the drug that could end people's pregnancies was not supported by the agency. In other words, was not the official position of the Ohio Department of Health. She said she was aware of the ODH's posture posture on abortion issues. And they asked her if she thought that abortions were contrary to the Ohio Department of Health's mission. In other words, do you think abortion is health care? Jessica Warner. Her response, I would hope not. It is a public health issue. And as a public health worker, it would be counterproductive to Ohio Department of Health's mission to not support health care initiatives. I did this intentionally. Good for you for standing up for it. And did nothing wrong in sharing public health community resources to health care providers. Okay, well, you know, I admire your I admire your 
frankness. I admire your openness. I totally disagree with your position, and it appears the Ohio Department of Health did do because you got canned. But, you know, you can move to New York. You can move to California. You can move to New Jersey. You can move to a lot of state. Michigan. Gretchen Whitmer will fight for you there. And this is the beauty of allowing abortion to be turned back to the states. The states will then have to take a stand on whether they are a state that truly is committed to the U.S. Constitution, which in no way, shape, or form did the founders of our country ever, ever envision abortion to be something that mothers would even consider. Because in that time, late 1700s, it would be anathema to think that anything could get between the love of a mother and her her inborn desire to protect her child. But it is unquestionably a reflection of the moral decay in our country that we have not only rampantly engaged in increasingly unfettered abortions, but we have grown to the point where we glorify it and we view it as kill we view killing a child, a perfectly formed child. We view it as health care. We view it as reproductive freedom instead of viewing it as what is it what it is, which is an affront to decency. To clean up a couple headlines here that I intended to get to today, but because of breaking news, we did not. The family of Stone Foltz, the Bowling Green University student who unfortunately died in a fraternity hazing incident, that family has filed a lawsuit against the university. Against the university. Uh, The university is pushing back and pushing back hard, and I will tell you, as I've said before, I didn't talk much about this out of respect for the Foltz family. I do not know them. But there's no reason to talk much about this, given that my position on it is that this is a very, very unfortunate case where a young person's failure to exercise personal responsibility uh, wound up playing a key role in costing him his life. Um, I have enormous empathy for the Foltz family. But the decisions that led to Stone Foltz's life ending extremely prematurely were the fault of Stone Foltz and no one else. Certainly not the fault of Bowling Green State University. Ohio State University, a while back, sued, tried to get a trademark on the word the, or the Ohio State University. They want to put that on athletic sportswear and get a royalty for it. Because heaven forbid... Ohio State would not miss out and not cash in on every single last red cent they could make off of words that are most assuredly not their exclusive purview. But they won their case. They settled a case. Mark Jacobs, a uh, clothing brand, also had designs on it. So they've decided to share the word the. How magnanimous of them. Fantastic. Yes, our courts are filled with idiotic cases like this. No shocker, Gas Buddy says that even though gas prices are expected to drop 10 to 20 cents by July the 4th, this will be the most expensive July the 4th at the pump ever. Yeah, as if you didn't know that. 
Okay, I often say of Democrats that their victory in the 2020 election, tainted though it was, emboldened them to say the quiet part out loud. And I think COVID did so as well. We now see libs of TikTok and other accounts. They're not as cagey in hiding their agenda for our kids, for our schools, for our country, for our colleges. They just, they got a pretty chesty attitude about their win and they... This kind of started when Obama won. Oh, we got an unbelievable coalition of voters who are never going to lose another presidential election. Whoops. Then Donald Trump happened. And then Joe Biden was declared the winner of the 2020 election. And Democrats were emboldened again. But things have kind of gone south since then. Everything Joe Biden touches turns to crap and he touches everything. And so now, saying the quiet part out loud turns out to be not good for Joseph Robinette Biden. Democrats, most notably David Axelrod, who was the architect of Barack Obama becoming president, are saying the quiet part out loud. And the quiet part is that Joe Biden is a doddering old fool who, even though he says he's going to run for president in 2024, is not going to be allowed to run for president in 2024. David Axelrod tells the New York Times yesterday, I like, wait, what is it, 10 days after Axelrod was liberally quoted in a huge New York Times Sunday piece about how Biden's too old to run for president? Axelrod, you maybe thought Joe didn't, nobody read that to Joe over his Wheatina. He decided that he would come back and rip on Joe Biden again. He says, if the president were not to run, it's hard to imagine that Gavin Newsom would not be sorely tempted to enter the race. Newsom is young, ouch, and politically muscular, which may be just what the market will be seeking post-Biden. Maybe? Maybe seeking? Somebody who doesn't stumble up the stairs of Air Force One? Yeah, that might be a good idea. Uh, Please. Please, Democrats, run Gavin Newsom. Would it not worry you if you were a Democratic strategist that the best alternative you have to Joe Biden is a guy who faced a recall election for governor in the most unrepentantly Democratic state in the union? They got enough signatures to recall Gavin Newsom, in to attempt to recall Gavin Newsom in a state where you can't hit a Republican if you swing a dead cat with a 40-foot pole. I mean, this is, yeah. I say all the time they don't have a, not only they don't have a deep bench, they don't have a bench. And David Axelrod's not the only one saying, and here's a guy named Joe Cunningham, who is newsworthy for no other reason other than he's the Democratic candidate for governor of South Carolina, who is also saying the quiet part out loud. If President Biden were here with me right now and he were asking my opinion, whether or not he should run for another term or whether he should step aside and allow a new generation of leadership to emerge, I would tell him the latter. You think Joe Biden is too old to run for re-election. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think we need to have a new generation of leadership emerge. This isn't about personal about Biden, but he'll be 82 at the time of the next election. If he served out, served out a second term, he'd be 86 years old. Um, I'm not sure if any of us know of any 86-year-olds who should be running the entire country. Yeah, I don't know of any 78-year-olds who should be running the entire country. 
So if he's too old in 2024, which he would be, he was too old in 2020. This is uh, this is reaping what you sow. You know, you voted for Joe Biden. Joe, I was thinking about this today. Joe Biden is the Buster Douglas of presidents. James Buster Douglas, former heavyweight champion of the world. And I like James Douglas. I don't mean to <laughs> put the stink on him by likening him to Joe Biden. I'm likening Joe Biden to Buster in that. You could say the very best thing that ever happened to James Douglas was he became heavyweight champion of the world by knocking out Mike Tyson. The very worst thing that happened to James Buster Douglas in his boxing career was that he was then expected to be every single day after that, the same fighter he was on the night he beat Mike Tyson in Tokyo, Japan. And Buster Douglas just was not capable of that. He just was not disciplined enough to do that. Wonderful, gentle guy. James Douglas, the peach of a guy. Wonderful guy. And I don't think he had the temperament to be at that tip-top peak physical condition the rest of his life. He, he, he recognized his life's dream, and he wanted to enjoy it. In that regard, Joe Biden... Getting elected president was the cherry atop the Sunday of his inept political career. And I think he woke up the morning after he was inaugurated and thought, look at me, I'm president. This is the greatest thing ever, and it's also the worst thing ever, because then people expected you to govern. And while you could hide in the Senate for four decades, and while you could hide behind Barack Obama for eight years, the fact of the matter is when you're the president of the United States, you can't hide. Your decision-making has dire consequences for people who cannot afford $5 a gallon gas, who cannot afford astronomical percentage increases in staples like eggs and milk and meat. They cannot afford you as president. And while you could have faded into retirement and pretty much positioned yourself as a statesman because of your long time in Washington, D.C., by achieving your lifelong political dream to become the president of the United States. You then forced yourself to be graded by a different, much more exacting standard. And by that standard, you are an abject failure. You will be remembered as the worst president of your era, and you've earned that title. And so I have no sympathy for you, because you allowed your ambition to run wild. And those around you who should have realized and have often said openly how inept you were on matters of foreign policy, and whatever you do, you'll blank it up nevertheless stood by and watched you become President of the United States. I do not feel sorry for you, Joe Biden. I feel sorry for us. And I think it is well-earned that the people who put you in office are now openly questioning you being in that office. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.